नाथ प्रातीत चाटमनी यद्याो मयाषो यथात्मा वीयर्स टू बी ट्रूथ विदाउट मी इज सर्टनली माई इलूसरी एनर्जी फॉर नथिंग कैन एक्जिस्ट विदाउट मी इट इज लाइक रिफ्लेक्शन ऑफ अ रियल लाइट इन द शैडोज फॉर इन द लाइट देर आर नीदर शैडोज नोर रिफ्लेक्शंस This verse from the Shrimad Bhagavatam is, in essence, explaining the nature of the illusory energy. In the Ishopanishad, it is said that only one who can learn the process of nescience and that of transcendental knowledge side by side can transcend the influence of repeated birth and death. enjoy the full bliss of immortality so one must understand the relative truths or the illusory energy maya if in order to understand the absolute truth and this morning we're going to discuss briefly the very essential points of the nature of maya and each of these points should be noted and understood very carefully maya means illusion that which is not maya when we say that which is not it does not mean that she does not exist there is a philosophy brahma satyam jagan mithya that brahman is truth and this universe is mithya or in illusion but how is this possible because krishna says maya dyakshena prakriti suryate sacharacharam that this material nature or maya is working under his direction and in the ishopanishad it is said om purnamada purnamidam purnat purnamudachyate purnasya purnamadaya purnameva vashishyate that the supreme absolute truth is perfect and complete and all things emanating from him are also perfect and complete including this maya or this material energy so therefore we must know that maya is illusory but it is real how is it illusory we have defined maya as that which is not when you mistake in something for what it isn't that is illusory it's like the example is if someone sees a snake and then one goes in another place and sees a rope on the ground and thinks that this rope is a snake and becomes frightened it is true that the rope is not the snake but it does not mean that the idea of a snake is an illusion because there is a real snake 
And this rope is also a real thing. But when you misunderstand and take one to be the other, that is an illusion. That is illusory. Maya has no separate independent existence outside of Krishna. When we see how Maya or this material energy is the energy of God and you see the relationship between the material energy and Krishna, then we see the reality of this world. But when we separate Krishna from the material energy, <clears throat> then it becomes a great illusion. The absolute truth is the substance, and the relative truth, or maya, depends on its relationship with the absolute truth for its existence. Therefore, maya means the energy of the absolute truth. Maya means energy. And an example is given by Srila Prabhupada that the absolute truth is compared to the sun. And the sun is appreciated in terms of two relative truths reflection and darkness. Darkness is the absence of the sun. Reflection is a projection of sunlight into darkness. Neither darkness nor reflection can have an independent existence from the sun. Shadow is relative to the existence of the sun. It is within the sun. When you turn your back to the sun, you see your shadow. But when you turn your face to the sun, you see no shadow. So similarly, when we turn our face to Krishna, there is no darkness anywhere that can possibly exist. But when we turn our face away from Krishna, and we see a shadow. That shadow of darkness is created, maintained, and dependent on the sun. <clears throat> Therefore, it is relative to the sun. The spiritual world is compared to the sunshine, and the material world is compared to the darkness in which the sun is not visible. And it is explained here by that when the material manifestation appears very wonderful, this is due to the second principle of reflection of 
the supreme sunshine. We described that there is two principles within this relative truth, darkness and reflection. Krishna says in the Gita that all beautiful, all wonderful things are just a spark of my splendor. Anything we are attracted to in this world is a projection of the beauty and the glory of God within this world. To not see how these reflections are coming from Krishna is the illusion. To appreciate and connect everything we experience in this world to its source or Krishna is truth. The Vedic literatures direct us not to be captivated by the darkness of these material regions, but to try to reach the shining regions of the absolute truth. Truth is light. Knowledge is light. It is ignorance that creates darkness. The spiritual world is effulgently illuminated. Therefore, in Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, in the spiritual world there is no need for sun or moon or any artificial electricity. Everything is self-effulgent because everything is purely connected to the truth. There is no ignorance. But this material world, or maya, is a place of darkness. And we see that we need to have independent objects such as the sunshine, the moonshine, or artificial light required to dispel the natural darkness of this world. Everything in and of itself is dark. These material bodies we have are dark. You cannot see them. They radiate no light. Something else has to come upon them. This is the world of darkness. This is the difference between spiritual and material world. And it is described that this illusion is exhibited in two ways. There is an inferior illusion, and there is a superior illusion. The inferior illusion is inert matter. And the superior illusion is the living entity. The 
Living entities are called illusory in this context because they are implicated in the illusory structures and activities of the material world. But actually the living entities are not illusory. They are parts of the superior energy of the Lord. And they do not have to be covered by Maya if they do not want to be so. The activities of the living entities in the spiritual world are not illusory. They are in perfect harmony with the absolute truth. Maya is that energy which casts the living entity into forgetfulness of God. And then through the temptations and the attractions of this world, prolong this great illusion. Therefore, Om Agyan Timiranda Sya Gyananjana Chalakaya Chakshurun Militam Jena Tasmai Sri Guru When we accept this spiritual idea that we are born in the darkness of ignorance and the spiritual master he is illuminating my life with the torch of knowledge by teaching us how to be conscious of Krishna and how to see Krishna everywhere and in everything and how to utilize Krishna's energy for Krishna's service. This is the only means of coming out from the darkness of Maya and into the pure spiritual light of Krishna. questions? Why is the superior energy called illusory? The superior energy is not called illusory. The inferior energy is called no, illusory. The, the living entity is by nature of the spiritual energy, but it is marginal. The Lord has created three energies principally, the inferior energy, the superior energy, and the marginal energy. The inferior energy is that which is within the Mahatattva, within the shadow of ignorance. The superior energy is the spiritual world and all things within. And the marginal energy is the living entity, which is superior by nature, but because of its infinitesimal existence, it has the independent free choice to either come under the control of the spiritual energy or the material energy. When this jivatma chooses by its own misuse of independence to come under the influence of the illusory energy when it wants to enjoy separate from Krishna then as it is explained here it is part of the illusory in 
the superior illusion of Maya. When it wants to enjoy the inferior illusion of inner matter. On one side is inert matter, and on the other side is pure spiritual substance. When the superior marginal energy wants to enjoy inert matter, it falls under the control of the illusory energy. So although it is superior, it is acting in the inferior capacity under the influence of Maya. You understand? Yes? understand these things. Since time immemorial, Amongst various acharyas, there are different explanations in this regard. But what is most important for us is to understand the principle of why we are in this predicament and how to extricate ourselves from it. Just like Srila Prabhupada used to say, if you are drowning in the ocean and someone throws you a life raft, you should understand the nature of the ocean. If you do not understand the nature of the ocean, you'll never want to go out. You must understand the nature of your predicament very carefully. And then you have to be willing to take the process to get out. But exactly when you fell into the ocean, exactly how you fell into the ocean, that you may have forgotten. That is not very important. The important thing is concentrating on the process out. Therefore, we understand the principle how the jivatma is entangled within maya. And we understand the principle of how the jivatma can again revive its original natural loving propensities toward Krishna. Exactly the details are not important. The details of how we have come into this material. Darkness is nations. You don't see connected with Krishna. What is 
reflection. Prabhupada explains that it is the projection of projection of the light within the darkness, but it is not actually the light. It's like if you take a chapati and put it in front of a mirror, it appears to be a chapati, but it is, is it actually the chapati? Can you eat it? Will it quench your hunger? It appears to be. But just because that illusion in the mirror is not a japati, it doesn't mean japatis are an illusion. It means you're mistaking that which is not a japati for what is a japati. Huh? So reflection is when the beauty and the attractive features of Krishna are reflected through the objects of this world. If we're attracted to that object, that is an illusion. But if we're attracted to the source from which that attraction quality is reflecting from, that is truth. Do you understand? Just like if you see a beautiful woman and she think, you think she is very beautiful and you become attracted, that is an illusion. But if you understand that whatever beauty is there is only a reflection coming from the supreme, supreme beauty of Krishna. And by seeing her beauty, you turn to Krishna, not to the reflection. Then you will become blissfully ecstatic. Huh? So whenever you see such beauty, you should turn to Krishna. Turn away from that beauty and turn to Krishna, the source of that beauty. Because that beauty can give you no real pleasure, because it is only a reflection. It's substance. It has no substance in and of itself. The substance is in the absolute truth and the source of that reflection. Do you understand this principle of reflection? The influence of attraction is so strong that at that very moment it's very difficult to turn our mind to Krishna. It's very difficult. That is why we need the path of sadhana bhakti, of vaidhi bhakti, to discipline or train ourselves to gradually learn the process of turning to Krishna in every situation. That is why we must regulate our activities. We chant the holy names according to a vow every day. We follow the four regulative principles. We rise every morning. We attend the Mangalarti. We worship the deity. We hear the Srimad Bhagavatam, the Chaitanya Charitamrita, the Bhagavad Gita, in the association of sadhus every day. This process of Vaidhi Bhakti is the means by which we learn how to turn to Krishna, how to be conscious of Krishna. And if we are very strict and very serious in this regard, then gradually the effects of this intoxication, material desires, will diminish. The more we're conscious of Krishna, the more we will gradually see Krishna everywhere and in everything. Therefore, we need a spiritual master. Therefore, we require the association of sadhus. We require 
require a disciplined life. Whether you know what happened 20 trillion years ago is not going to uh, affect your day-to-day -day life. <clears throat> what is important is understanding the principles of how Maya is working, the nature of this illusory energy of Maya, and how to extricate yourself from it. That is all that is important. asking exactly when and how we fall into this material world. Huh? There are some Vaishnava philosophers, some Vaishnava philosophers who say that originally we, are, we were created within the Brahma Jyotiya spiritual sparks from Krishna, and then we come into this world. And then the development of that jiva goes back to Godhood. And some say that we originated in Godhead and fell to this material world. But as far as we are concerned, it doesn't really make that much difference either way. <laughs> because our constitutional nature is to return to Godhead, huh? to the spiritual world. Therefore, we are not very concerned with arguing in this relationship. We are concerned with utilizing our good intention, attention to develop these spiritual qualities that are required to bring us back to that spiritual platform. First, you have to stop making the same mistakes in this life. Huh? We are making them every day, so many times. When we learn how to transcend the impulses for material attraction and dovetail those attractions to Krishna, Krishna says, Janma karma cha me divyam evam yogeti tattvata tyaktva deham punara janma naiti namati sutra. You'll never return to this material world again. Regular uh, times, we get attracted to a certain thing and we really get convinced, yes, actually I am so agitated that I must get enjoyment from this object of self gratification. And uh, other times we uh, strongly pray to Krishna, please, please free me from, free me from this kind of attachment. I don't want to get entangled. Please free me. Now, in these two kinds of uh, desires, what Krishna takes seriously? Say that again. At, at two different occasions, one time we are attracted to one kind of sense gratification. We pray to Krishna. Well, I need this. You know, I'm not so advanced. I have a desire to enjoy this, and I want to enjoy this. Other times we pray to Krishna that 
really please Krishna save me from this. I want to get out of all these things. I know that I must get out of this. There is no end to all these things. I want to get out of these things. And these two kinds of prayers what Krishna takes seriously. It takes seriously our desire to serve the spiritual master in the Vaishnavas. That is where, that is how we will attract Krishna's mercy. We have to take shelter at the service of Guru and Vaishnavas. If you do that, you don't have to worry about all these other questions. Then there is a question of shadow. He is everywhere and he is in everything. Krishna is the cause of all causes. Is the sun not the cause of the shadow? the shadow not within the sun? Can the shadow exist without the sun? Huh? So in the same way, Maya cannot exist without Krishna. Maya is existing within Krishna. So, the difference between the light and the shadow is simply which, whether we are directing our vision toward Krishna or whether we are directing our vision away from Krishna. Krishna is the shadow, but he's not revealing himself within the shadow. Krishna is within Maya, and Maya is within Krishna. Krishna simply is not revealing himself within Maya. Why? Because we don't want to see him there. We have turned our back toward him. Hmm? Therefore, although he is there, we cannot see him there. We only see darkness. As I was explaining a few days ago, the difference between Yoga Maya, which is the light of the spiritual world, and Mahamaya, within, which is the darkness of this material world, it's not a question of location, it's a question of consciousness. great Rasik Bhaktas, the Paramahamsas, they see the light of Krishna everywhere, even in this world. They see no shadows, because they are always looking toward Krishna. Somewhere Mahatma says that if our light becomes, if light itself becomes uh, Acquiring knowledge and then even says that knowing all this literature, but still becoming uh, 
in Maya is something like where light itself becomes darkness. Omagyantimidandasya means that the spiritual master opens our eyes with the torchlight of knowledge. And by the grace of Guru, we can see the light everywhere. We see no shadows. We see the light everywhere. It is only due to ignorance that we see darkness. Because we are turning our backs toward Krishna. Hmm? This means that Krishna is actually manifesting himself as a shadow. He says, I am remembrance, I am knowledge, and I am also forgetfulness. Darkness means forgetfulness. Krishna is that forgetfulness. According to your desires, Krishna will reveal himself, either as the darkness, Mahamaya, or as the light, Yogamaya. Neither have any separate existence outside of Krishna. There are simply different ways he reciprocates with different living beings according to their desires. Everything is based on our desires. Maya is simply situated on our desire, and Krishna is simply situated on our desire. Huh? Therefore, spiritual life means to purify our desire. Not to extinguish our desires, but to purify our desires. To desire everything for Krishna. All that you eat, all that you do, all austerities you may perform, should all be done as an offering to me. When we have that desire, then we will be in the light. And the Guru, Oma Gyanti Mirandasya Gyananjana Chalakaya, he is giving the knowledge and the way by which we can engage everything in Krishna's service and cast the light of knowledge everywhere in our lives. But to the degree we're independent from the instruction of our Guru, to that degree we will be in the darkness and the shadow. today. Take note of this also. One of the most important principles in a war is to understand the strategy of the enemy. Because however powerful our own forces may be, if the enemy takes us by surprise, we will be vulnerable to defeat. Therefore, we must have very, very, very good <coughs> comprehension of exactly who the enemy is, where the enemy is, how the enemy is working. And then whatever the enemy does, we will be prepared. And we will have our weapons ready to resist. taken by surprise, we will not know what to do or what is happening and we will be defeated. 
is why Sarvabhauma Bhattacharya told Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that you are a sannyasi, but you are very young and you're very handsome. And Maya will try to come and capture your mind in so many ways. Therefore, you should study Vedanta Sutra from me. Because unless you understand Vedanta Sutra, unless you understand how Maya and, and, and the Absolute Truth are interrelated, until you understand these principles very carefully, you are subject to falling down. course we know that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the absolute truth. Sarva Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was so kind, he was so merciful that although Sarvabhoma was in great illusion, he was still trying to offer some service. Like someone who tries to offer a ghee lamp to the sun. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu took it that way. Gopinathacharya their son-in-law of Sarvabhoma, he considered, what an offender you are. You think you know better than Lord Chaitanya? You think you can give light and knowledge to the source of all light and knowledge? But Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, like Krishna, when Putana came, he, she's giving milk, I accept her as my mother. Let her be my mother in Goloka. <laughs> so Sarvabhoma, he just said, oh, he's, he's like a father. He's trying to protect me. He's trying to give light to me, even though he's like offering a ghee lamp to the sun. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu reciprocated and gave him his causeless mercy because of his desire to help and please the Lord. But what Sarvabhoma was saying on one level is true. Unless we understand the absolute truth and the relative truth very carefully, we are always subject to be victimized by That's why the great Acharyas have written so many books. Our weapon is the holy name. We must, these books teach us how to use the holy name and how to be prepared to use this great Ashtra, this great weapon, whenever, wherever, or however Maya attacks. Our sentiments, we want to situate purely in Krishna's love. And for this, we must have a very deep philosophical understanding through Guru, Sadhu, and Shastra. <coughs> and now, to further enlighten us, the transcendental knowledge of Guru, Sadhu, We should run to the lotus feet of the Vaishnavas and cry out, Krishna, Krishna, save me. Huh? To get more ammunition. <laughs> Sometimes if the enemy attacks too hard, you have to retreat and come back to your home base. <laughs> huh? 
education, we should know our capacity. Srila Prabhupada could go to America alone, single-handed, and defeat Maya in her most powerful form. But we cannot do like that. We should not try to imitate such a great Acharya. When Maya attacks, we have to run like, like baby children back to the association of devotees, back to a sanctified atmosphere and pray, please help me.